Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is our Pentecost Sunday. Our order of service is in the bulletin. We're going to begin right now with hymn number 186, O Spirit of Life, O Spirit of God. Lord. 
and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Testament reading for this Pentecost Sunday is from Joel chapter 2 verses 28 and 29. This is the prophecy of Pentecost where the Lord said, and afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Alleluia. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful people and kindle in them the fire of your love. Alleluia. Alleluia. chapter 2 verses 1 to 20 the account of the day of Pentecost when the day of Pentecost came they the disciples were all together in one place suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. 
I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's continue with our next hymn, hymn 181, Come, O come, life-giving spirit. chapter 16 verses 5 to 11 where Jesus on Maundy Thursday evening said to the disciples now I am going to him who sent me yet none of you asked me where are you going because I have said these things you are filled with grief but I tell you the truth it is for your good that I am going away unless I go away the counselor will not come to you. 
But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians whose bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, Back in 1675, in Brooklyn, Massachusetts, there was a settlement which was suddenly attacked by hordes of Indians. And what happened is that all the cabins of that village, except for one, were burned down to the ground. And in that one cabin that survived, in that cabin was Captain Hutchinson, and his men. And they were bravely fighting as hard as they could to survive and to protect themselves. Well, while they were fighting like that, what happened is that on a couple of occasions, they tried to get one of the men to escape, to go and try to find some help. And after several attempts, there was one soldier who was finally able to escape and was able to go to Providence, Rhode Island and tell the people there about the problem that Captain Hutchinson and his men were facing. And, well, for three days then, Captain Hutchinson and his men hoarded up in that cabin were just trying desperately to survive. And they had almost depleted all their ammunition and their supplies and on the evening of the third day, what happened is they were just absolutely thrilled to hear the shouts of their friends coming to relieve them. And Captain or Major Willard of Boston, he had been apprised of their situation and with as great a haste as he could muster, he headed over there to Brookfield to try to rescue Captain Hutchinson and his men. And he did get there, and he was able to scatter the Indians back into the woods. You can just imagine the joy and the thanksgiving that had to be in the hearts of those men who were trapped there who thought that they were goners. Now, when you think about this story, Captain Hutchison and his men they really needed that one soldier who ended up escaping to be there with them, to help them to fight against the hordes of Indians that were out there trying to get them. But really, more than they needed him there with them, they needed him to escape and go and get help. And in a similar way, we can think that well, the disciples, they did need Jesus there with them. They needed his physical presence, but what they needed more than his physical presence is they needed him 
to leave so that he could send them the Holy Spirit, the Counselor, who could build them up and strengthen them in their faith and who could equip them to keep the message going, to keep the gospel message reaching out to more and more people. And, and that's the encouragement that we have this Pentecost Sunday, keeping the message going, letting more and more people know about the grace and love of God. And well, we want to keep the message going and see that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does is he convinces us about sin. He convinces us about righteousness. And he convinces us about judgment. As I mentioned, our reading takes us back to, to Maundy Thursday evening, the night before Christ's crucifixion. And even though his disciples had, even though Jesus had told his disciples not to worry but to trust in God, well, everything that was going on meant that they were troubled. They were worried about the circumstances. And they knew about how the Jewish religious leaders were out to get Jesus. And what further compounded their worry and their frustration was the fact that now Jesus was telling them that he was going to leave them. Jesus said, Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you asks me, Where are you going? The disciples were confused the night before Jesus was crucified, and really, to say that that's understandable is such an understatement. What Jesus told them was further compounding their confusion that he was going to be leaving them, but it tells us here that they didn't ask any questions. Jesus, the Son of God, who has all the answers, he was right there with them, and yet they failed to ask him any questions about what it was he was actually talking about. If they had asked questions, what Jesus could have done is he could have carefully explained to them the, the mission that he was on and what it was all about. Of course, could they have understood it, but... Jesus could have been like the teacher who might try to explain algebra to the student who just has a basic knowledge of math. Jesus could have simply told them what was going on so that, well, best case scenario, I suppose you could say that what they could have done is they could have seeing Jesus going through everything that he was going through and knowing that in just a couple of days they would see Jesus victoriously rising from the dead but they didn't ask those questions. They didn't ask Jesus to teach them. Well, when we think about it, we can't go to Jesus directly as the disciples could have, but, but didn't, but, but we do have the word of God. We have God's word which possesses all the answers that we need. So let's ask ourselves, are we looking into the word of God and studying that word like we could for the answers that are there? You know, there are such treasures there in the Bible, but you never find the treasures until, unless you're looking for them. And as believers, we can look for those treasures. The psalmist said to the Lord, 
Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And now, when we look to the word of God, when it's richly in our lives, we're still going to have the problems and troubles that we're going to face living in this sinful world. But with God's word richly in our lives, we're going to know where we're going. We're going to know who's in control. We can know that Jesus is always going to be with us and he's going to protect us so that our troubles don't have to get the best of us, so that they don't have to consume us. Jesus said, because I have said these things, well, regarding his departure and his ascension, because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. Jesus is addressing here a common fault that we can be faced with, and that is that, oh, we can so easily get consumed with the problems and troubles that could be immediately in front of us that we forget the beautiful picture that lies ahead. We can sometimes think of the hard times ahead and fail to see the answer that's ahead. You know, sometimes you have somebody that asks, well, I have good news and I have bad news, which do you want to hear first? And most often it's the bad news and that can overly consume a person. Well, we know we live in a sinful world with its problems and troubles and what a blessing it is for us to always know what Jesus says about that. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Jesus said, but I tell you the truth that is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. What those disciples and what we need more than the physical presence of Jesus here with us is to have Jesus living and ruling in our hearts through faith. And that's when that happens, when the word of Christ is richly in us and when we are regularly and faithfully in God's house hearing his word and, and well, regularly and faithfully studying God's words in our homes as well and throughout our lives. Now those believers, those disciples rather, they were believers. So Jesus was living and ruling in their hearts, but they needed to Jesus to send them the Holy Spirit more and more so that they would be built up and strengthened in their hearts, in their faith, so that then they would always be better equipped to keep the message going so that they, with the Holy Spirit's help, they'd open their spiritual eyes, they'd see the truth, what Jesus had actually done for them, and they could work at spreading the gospel as at keeping the message going. Now Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin because men do not believe in me. Instead of saying here, he will convict the world of guilt, it would be better to say he will convince the world of guilt. 
through the law, what the Holy Spirit does do is he does convict us and show us that we deserve eternal punishment. But the Holy Spirit would hardly be serving as a counselor, as a comforter, a helper under those circumstances in that way. Rather, he convinces the world of guilt in regard to sin because men do not believe in him. What the Holy Spirit ultimately does is he convinces us that it's only the sin of unbelief that would separate a person from God and would result in a person's eternal punishment. And now see, that's a message that comforts us because by the grace of God, you and I believe in Jesus. And the sin of unbelief, that's been eradicated by the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. So we aren't condemned. We know that Jesus is our Savior from sin and that he's the Savior of the world, of all people. And now doesn't that knowledge, knowing that Jesus is our Savior and the Savior of the world, doesn't that motivate us to keep the message going? to keep on reaching out to more and more souls with the law and the gospel. Getting that message out is really the only thing that really will change our world. We live in a world in which so many people don't want to call what the Bible calls sin a sin anymore. And we know that instead what the Bible calls sin. Our world is inclined to call a disease, a mistake, a result of the environment, a genetic mix-up, or a psychological disorder. Instead of trying to make excuses for sin, the Holy Spirit convinces us that any and all sin is serious because the wages of sin is death. But the Holy Spirit also convinces us that we have, an, we have a Savior from sin in Jesus. We have an answer from the, from the problem of our sins. Well, when we know that Jesus is our Savior from sin, we'll want to fight against the sin that's in our lives. And, well, that means that the Holy Spirit is working faith in our hearts and when he's helping us to fight against the sin that's in our lives, that's, that's what works to make this world a better place. As I said, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will convince the world in regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. The Holy Spirit's arrival on the day of Pentecost was God the Father's official announcement that Jesus had successfully completed his work. He had paid for our sins with his innocent suffering and death on the cross. And with his holy, perfect life, he had won for us the righteousness, the holiness, the perfection that you and I need to stand before God and be accepted into eternal life in heaven into God's heaven. Through the word, the Holy Spirit tells us over and over again that we don't have to be 
afraid of Judgment Day. We, we have that natural inclination to be afraid of that day, but through faith in Jesus, we don't have to fear that day. We can face that day with boldness and confidence because you and I have Christ's holiness. We have his righteousness. It means that we can stand before our Savior and because of our Savior, you and I, we're worthy of eternal life in heaven. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will convince the world in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. When the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples on that day of Pentecost, that was an indication not only that Jesus had won his victory, but it was also an indication that Satan had been defeated. So when the Holy Spirit works through the word of God to work on anyone's heart, to work on our hearts, he's reminding us which side is the winning side, huh? That's Jesus' side, the Holy Spirit's side, the Father's side. And that those who are on that winning side, who are with God, are going to want to worship God and serve him only. A day of judgment is coming, and even hearing that a day of judgment is coming, it might put shivers up and down our spines, but, but through faith in Christ, we don't have to fear the judgment. We not only know that we won't be condemned, but we will, through faith in Christ, be received into eternal life, eternal joys in heaven. Well, there was a family that was savoring its last few moments of a vacation at a campground. And the father, the mother, and the children, they all decided that what they would do is they would take one last trip around of the lake at the campground in this golf cart that they had used during their time at the campground before they would go back to their trailer and, and to their home. But they didn't make it around the lake. As a matter of fact, they made it about halfway around the lake because the battery-powered the battery-powered cart stopped dead in its tracks. It had run out of energy. And it was a long push back for them to push that cart all the way back to their campground space. The golf cart, it had no power on its own. And every ounce of power that the cart used to haul that family around throughout its vacation time, it came from an outside source. Each night, someone had to plug in that cart so that it'd have power for the next day. The problem that this family faced on its last excursion is that it had gone too far on that golf cart. And, well, the reason I tell you this story is because we can easily, and probably have done the same thing in our spiritual lives. We can forget that our power is, as scripture says, of God and not of us. 
and that we need our spiritual batteries charged every day. Not just once a week or even once or twice a month. No, we need it charged often and regularly. And it's easy to let our spiritual batteries run down. But see, there's no real reason for us to let our spiritual batteries run down. As the Holy Spirit came to those disciples on the day of Pentecost, opening their eyes to see what Jesus had said to them, to understand what Jesus had said to them during his ministry, so the Holy Spirit also wants to come to us in the scriptures today and every day and fuel us with the gospel, which is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. But as the Holy Spirit fuels us, as he builds up and strengthens our faith, let's remember, let's remember why he's fueling us. Yes, to build up and strengthen our faith, but also so we are equipped to keep the message going. To keep the message going so that through us, the Holy Spirit can let others know about Jesus and his forgiveness, about the answer to sin and the way to eternal life for us and for all who believe in Jesus. So let's, with the Holy Spirit's help, work at keeping the message going. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And let's confess our faith today, since it's Pentecost Sunday, with the third article and its meaning. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own thinking or choosing, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, and enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and fully forgives all sins to me and all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. Let's pray. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you sent upon the disciples the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. Look upon your church today and open our hearts to the full power of the Holy Spirit. Kindle in us the fire of your love and strengthen us for service in your kingdom. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, in our prayers, 
we keep on praying for all of those who are who are dealing with different illnesses, recovering from surgeries, and we ask you, Lord God, to please be with them. If it's according to your will, grant healing, grant, grant recovery. But as we keep on always saying, especially, keep on sending your Holy Spirit, keep on working on people's hearts, convincing us of our sin, about your righteousness, about how we can face Judgment Day, knowing that we have the forgiveness of sins in Jesus. Please always keep on giving to all of us your help and your strength. And as we think about Memorial Day this weekend, we remember those who have sacrificed for us so that, so that we could have our freedom here in our country. But as we remember them, we think again of the one who sacrificed so much more, our Savior Jesus Christ. We think about all that he did for us and we say, thank you, dear Lord Jesus. And we gather up all of the prayers we have as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Thank you for joining us for worship this Pentecost Sunday. Wish you all a safe memorial, safe and happy Memorial Weekend. Would tell you that in the congregation, well, tomorrow is Memorial Day. It's also Jeannie Kunkel and Jolie Powers' birthday. Wednesday is Lyle and Jackie Johnson's anniversary. Told you about the people in our congregation needing your prayers. Oh, maybe the one change Diane Kennedy learned. She doesn't need surgery right now. They're going to hopefully treat it with some cortisone shots or some sort of shots that hopefully will help her back do better. But please look at our prayer list. Remember all of our people dealing with issues in, their, in your prayers, but remember everyone in your prayers. Again, have a safe, happy Memorial, Memorial Weekend, and the Lord bless and keep you always.